Welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios, in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth music, whatever your communication needs might be, Rugged is always there to help you out with finding the right product for your machine. Rugged Radios, the authority in communication. Well, as much as we enjoy talking about places to ride on the show, we also love talking about new products. And today, we're going to combine both. A new machine that offers endless chances for adventure. And with that in mind, I'm joined today by David Elia. David is the product director, off-road recreation at Polaris. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Really excited to uh, talk about the new Players Expedition. I know. A mouthful there with getting your name right and your title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited as well. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're here in the office to talk about the brand new Polaris Expedition because when you guys launched this expedition, and gosh, there's so much to talk about, and we'll cover a lot of things. But it is it was like literally, I'm not kidding, Dave, the, the first time I think ever that a machine came out and I got texts right away about like, Hey, when are we going to, can we get this machine on one of the project X builds you guys do for the show? Hey, can we get this? And you know, usually I'll get an email, maybe, Hey, I saw the new razors out or something like that, but I got texts and phone calls and there was like an immediate buzz about this new expedition. So I've got a lot of questions, but I want to start with you sort of the vehicle was launched when, and what's been the immediate feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's great to hear your feedback already because that's exactly what we were going for was like spark the curiosity and the adventure spirit that our customers have. Right. So, uh, yeah, we just launched it uh, May 16th. Uh, we, we launched it to the world. Uh, we went for an epic ride, which we, we can talk about. Uh, and it's pretty cool. We're starting to ship those vehicles now. They're in dealerships and customers' hands. And man, I cannot wait to see what uh, what people are going to do with it and where they're going to go with it. Like that's, that's the best thing of all is, is the memories you can create in a side-by-side. And I think this side-by-side, um, the way it's designed and, and the, the intention for the vehicle is to allow you to do more of that. Take your family, take your gear, and yeah, go off-road and go off-road riding, but do so much more than that, right? And so, you know, I'm inspired. I, I cannot wait to see what people do with it and hear the stories when they come back from their trips. Your timing is great, and I'm sure it's not by mistake that, uh, you know, the, the vehicles are showing up in showrooms in the middle of summertime because, like, I always joke, you know, we're here in Minnesota, and what kid wants a bike or a Frisbee for Christmas? You know, what am I going right. to do with this, Dad? Right. I'm like, I can't go ride my bike. It's zero degrees outside, right? <laughs> so these showed up in places in January and be like, well, that's nice, but uh, I can't take it anywhere for a while. So um, the fact that the vehicles are out now and it's summertime, uh, I'm sure that's uh, uh, probably on purpose a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- this is prime time, right? Like people are looking for that adventure. They're, they're ready to get out. And if you think about you know, just the macro environment and, and what's happened in the world last five years, you know, more and more people are getting to the outdoors, right? And so uh, everyone's clamoring for that. And so that's what this vehicle provides. So yeah, it's great timing. You know, like I said, I think it's going to be a good for a lot of people, a lot, uh, a lot of good for a lot of families. And yeah, not only is this the right season of the year, but it, it's good time and culture and society to bring a vehicle that you can Get away from it all, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and go adventure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about the expedition, kind of how long was this in the works at Polaris and, and, 
And where did the sort of original idea or concept come from? Yeah, well, so that is a long story because <laughs> we've been we've been no time limits on podcasts. So yeah, right. <laughs> there's um, there's uh, it, it's been a journey, man. Even building it, you know, concepting it and developing it itself has been its own adventure. You know, no pun intended, right? Um, but really, we you know, starting back when we launched General, it was pretty immediate that we saw, you know, those that were gravitating to General are actually into more hobbies uh, on average than maybe your Ranger or your Razor customer. You know, um, they were already into many outdoor activities, camping and biking and hiking, fishing, hunting, we expect, right? Um, but if you kind of look at it, for a lot of Razor customers, Razoring is, trail riding is the activity. And and on Ranger, there's a lot of people that recreate with those, but a lot of them are using it for work. And on general, we saw it was kind of hybrid. They were doing recreation and work, and and they were taking them trail riding. But we just noticed that they're also into a bunch of activities. Well, at the same time, if you think about it, this is 2016, 2017, into 2018, you know, the world was growing in outdoor activities. Biking was taking off. E-bikes have taken off. Like kayaking and camping have taken off. A Jeep was developing a new Wrangler. Ford was developing a new Bronco. Overlanding was taking off, right? And so there's this gravitational pull towards all these outdoor activities. And sure, we're an outdoor company very much, but we are very focused on trail and utility, right? And so... A, we saw an opportunity of like, we could bring these worlds together. Like, you know, we could allow, you know, people that are into outdoor activities to bring their sports along with them with a side by side and maybe extend their journey, right? Uh, so we pulled from that. Um, we also pulled from overlanding. And uh, I remember um, my boss at the time actually told me, kind of in the hallway, you know, hey, you should go to Overland Expo. And I'm like, Overland Expo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's next weekend. Why don't you fly out there? It's 40 bucks to get in. So this $40 ticket, you know, built a, built into a multi-million dollar project, right? Because sure, I went out there and I was blown away by the innovation that was in overlanding. And what I love about overlanding, uh, the vehicles in particular, is they're, they're purpose-built and they're utilitarian in nature, but utilitarian in nature to bring your gear with you to be really wise about storage and space and how you use the space and the vehicle's got to be capable and off-road capable, but bring all that other stuff. And, and there was a level of refinement and overlanding that I hadn't seen in other, um, industries. Right. So I was really inspired by that and thought, you know, we can bring those kind of designs and that innovation, that attention to detail into a side by side, make the side by side experience better. And that's going to support all those hobbies I just talked about growing. Right. And coincidentally that, that, you know, I even draw from my own experiences. You know, I grew up a mountain biker in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I'm still into many outdoor activities and, and it was like, boy, how many times could I have used a side by side to do my downhill runs when I was a mountain bike racer? Right. Uh, no, I was using my pickup truck and I was getting it dirty and muddy and destroying it. And, and it was like, okay, so you take those three things, overlanding, growth in overland deck, or uh, growth in outdoor activities, and then me and my team's personal experiences in cybersides and outdoor activities. And it was like, we have an opportunity here.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had been doing on the show those sort of activities for a number of years. I remember even being out on the Rubicon Trail up in Tahoe 10 years ago, and we loaded up the Rangers and the Razors with all the camping gear we needed because we were going to stay one night on the trail. And then another time we were in Southern Idaho and we just decided to do a ranger adventure with uh, camping and stay out for, for a night. And then more recently we've done more uh, mountain bike adventures and done more, uh, you know, uh, kayak adventures with, with the, with the generals. But the expedition is not a ranger and it is not a general. Um, and it's, you know, it does all of those things. And yeah. we could have used that machine years ago is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I'm glad you brought up those examples, right? Because that was a key element of it was making it adaptable. So you could do all of those different activities with one vehicle, right? Um, because people's lives change, right? They have multiple hobbies, like I talked about our customers do. Um, maybe they're going through life stages or family is growing or they get into one hobby or they move or whatever. And so we wanted a vehicle and I want to make this really clear because I think it's a great point is that we didn't make a vehicle that you could easily customize because to me, that's a one-time deal. You change it once for your personal preference. Uh, I think I would classify a Polaris general as very versatile, can do many things well, but Polaris expedition is adaptable. And I think that's very different than those other two in that the way we design the accessories. You can mount them anywhere you want. It's easy to, you flip a lever and slide it forward. You can flip the seats up and down. You can, you know, open cab, close cab, roof racks. So it can actually adapt and it's much easier to do what you're just talking about. You could literally go from camping, hunting, to biking, to skiing, all out of the same vehicle, literally in minutes with being how it, how adaptable it is. And yeah, yeah. I, that's the power, man. It's no, great. absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I do want to touch on those because, you know, all we had to work with basically was the bed of yeah. the vehicle before. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. you know, maybe, uh, you know, we did a overlanding where we stayed two nights and we were up, up in Washington, Eastern mm -hmm. Washington. And, uh, we went with a company that kind of built a, a rack system for the back so we could sort of bring more gear and yeah. stack it. But, uh, you know, that was adding accessories and, and things like that. But what you guys have done is built something that can accommodate all those things mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. You know, you were, you were thinking about, okay, if we can have the back seat go down like a car would do, then I could put the, put, you know, I could slide right. the bike back there. Or I could slide the kayak back there or whatever. And I wouldn't have right. to put it on the roof or get an exercise. I could actually do it that way. Yeah. Well, you're spot on. I mean, we saw people building these things. But that's the key word. They had to go build it themselves or there's aftermarket, you know, scabbing on things. And, and so it was, yes, we can, we can build this from the factory. If you develop the platform from the, ground, from the ground up, excuse me, for those activities and plan that, then we can make a vehicle that can deliver on that promise and that you can change from hobbies. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, I didn't even answer your original question, the idea uh, first came up, I believe, in um, 2017. So quite a while. So six <laughs> years ago. Yeah. But I would say the first two years, the next two years, we spent researching, studying, concepting, prototyping to get the concept right. To your point, uh, we wanted a plan for those flipping seats, for the roof rack, 
for the the dumping box and the XP model and the enclosed ADV model, uh, North Star, roof racks, all of those things, accessories, we had to plan it from the front. And I think that is what you're seeing the results of is more upfront planning. We were able to spend a lot of time researching, talking to customers, talking to overlanders, talking to bikers, talking to all these people. What would you need out of a side-by-side? Or what do you want out of your side-by-side? Or talk to general owners. What do you want next? We're kind of able to compile all that together, right? And come up with a great product concept so that when engineering, you know, was set to go, they could go and the concept was clear. And I'm so proud of the team um, that worked on it because it was a five-year project. And the spirit of the concept, at least what I call the spirit of the concept, just delivering this adventure, um, being adaptable, being comfortable, being capable, looking cool, by the way, right? Having some premium features, but that spirit didn't change. You know, the whole team got behind it. And, you know, there's a lot of products that an idea will come in and through development, there's trade-offs and challenges, whatever. And sometimes it comes out the other side, maybe it's a little different. And this was not one of them. I'm so stoked that the team rallied behind it. And when we ran into challenges, we'd work through it to find a solution. And we took longer on the program to do that, but to do it right and get the right product out. And um, yeah, I'm so stoked with the team. And I think you're seeing that. And I think you'll see it when customers start to experience it, see it for the first time, drive it for the first time they're going to be blown away. And it was that attention to detail that, uh, that really made the difference. I believe. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to, uh, start to dig into the expedition now, because, uh, as we were talking before we sat down, you know, it's not a general and it's not a ranger and it's not a razor. This is a new platform with a new chassis. It is. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it's built off the 15 years plus of experience that we had from Rangers and Razors, right? We we know how to do chassis. We know how to do suspension systems. You know, we've worked cab systems and accessories of the past. But um, to the point I made just earlier about the spirit of the concept, we knew to do it right, to really deliver that adventure, the all the modularity we wanted in that vehicle, all the capability, and, and the completely sealed North Star cab system, right? the best way to do it was from the ground up. And so, yeah, we, we have all the experience of those vehicles. They all contributed to it, but the chassis is completely new. Uh, the body works completely new, the roll cage, the uh, er, basically everything, but the engine and the driveline layout. And even the engine is modified. Um, almost everything is hundred percent new, uh, but designed for a purpose. Yeah, when I'm sitting here thinking about it as you're talking, I was like, it's sort of like all the DNA is there from all the other machines. Oh, right? man, that's here, a great way to put it. You know, here's yeah. my three children, and then we suddenly had a fourth. And while it's the same, <laughs> it's different. That's right. That's right. Hey, man, being the fourth child in my family, I really appreciate that. <laughs> you are. I, I like to think I'm like the culmination of it, right? But I think that's a great way to put it is we learned so much from those vehicles, and that that allowed us, you know, our learnings from Ranger – allowed us to make an amazing cab system, but we knew we had to start over. We weren't going to start with a general. Um, just because of the architecture and where we wanted the doors and have roll-down doors, like, it, it sounds simple, man, but think about 
have roll down windows, you have to have the shape of your doors right and your body shapes have to be right, right? So there's a lot of little things that, um, that we had to plan for from the very beginning. Um, so th- that's just an example. The suspension systems, sure, it's different parts than Razor, but Polaris knows how to do suspension systems, right? right? So the, the front has a similar geometry to Razor. Rear was new, but we know how to do that stuff. But the key was doing all that with this much capability and the uh, added weight of the cab system. Um, but being that we did it from the ground up, man, the results are awesome because it's, you know, it's, uh, they weigh from 20, about 2,000 pounds, let's say 2,000 pounds to 2,700, but it rides on rails like it's a razor. And so it's, it's almost this crazy feeling of you're inside this North Star cab with all this capability, with your gear and camping gear on the back, inside an air-conditioned vehicle, blasting an awesome audio system, and you're flying through the trail like you're in a Razor. Dude, it's it's an unreal experience and so cool. And I can say that because we literally just did that. It was amazing. That's 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 great. And you said they, and it, my first thought was as you guys didn't just release one expedition. You released a family, uh, a whole lineup <laughs> of expeditions. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about... Um, all three of them to a little bit. I don't know if you want to start from the, the, the full or the work your way down or, or. Yeah, it was, uh, I'll put it this way. It's certainly a challenge to launch that many at one time. And I didn't make uh, friends within all of our departments uh, (laughs) at the company, but it, it was the right way to do it because we were able to plan for all the configurations from the beginning. Right. So at the top, I'll break it down into that. There's really two models. There's the Polaris Expedition XP, which has a dumping box just like generals do. And we know some of the customers know and love that dump box and they need a dump box and or they have either tall items they want to put in the box or they want storage outside. There's still benefits to an exterior cargo box and dumping. So we have that model that's called the XP. The new and kind of unique idea was in what we call the ADV, you know, for adventure. And that is where it has the rear structure, you know, over the back of the box. So your your back, or sorry, your cargo is actually, you know, at a minimum covered with um, uh, extended roof, right? Uh, but it's also a great structure to put accessories onto. Uh, it ends up being, because it doesn't dump, it's actually a longer box. It's what I call a pass-through. So the the, the storage area basically comes all the way up to the front seats, right? So it's actually longer because you don't have that divide between inside and outside, you know, in that area. So you gain, uh, I believe it's five or six inches. Um, so there's a lot of cool benefits to that ADV model. Those two models, XP and ADV, they both come in two-door and four-door, right? So the front halves of the vehicle are exactly the same. Two-door and four-door. The four-door is five seats, which is pretty awesome. Um, And then those come in multiple trim levels. And so all of those configurations come in a North Star, which that's the flagship, right? That's the full doors, power windows, heat and air conditioning, right? That's the limousine. (laughs) That is the ticket right there, yep. So all those come in North Star, right? So what I love about that is, again, the customer can choose, hey, if they want to you know, keep their gear inside and dry and cool. You get the ADV North Star. All your gear is now dust and water-free. It's protected, right? And whether that's camping gear, hunting gear, photography equipment, you know, going out on these media rides like yourself, 
you would love it because you got tons of money in your photography and your camera equipment, right? And historically, we're always putting that out back, you know, in the box. And it, it, there's a, to your point, you know, when we go out on rides, I do ask, you know, a couple of questions sometimes, like, yeah. hey, do the vehicles, will the vehicles have roofs, which a lot of them come with nowadays? Yeah, yeah. And will they have a minimum of at least a half or a full windshield? Because to that point, you know, we're not all the vehicles, we don't carry camera gear in all the vehicles, mm-hmm. but we usually have like a crew vehicle when yeah. we're out on these shoots. And that is the vehicle that we need to have the, the most protection. Protection, of. yeah. You know, everyone else can bring their, you know, rain gear and yeah. waterproof gear and stuff like that. But, and of course, all of our cameras are mostly in boxes and stuff like yeah. that, but not everything, you but know, still, and you're just trying to keep it from, from either mud or water, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or try to keep it up near the front of the pack if we're in a big group to keep the dust down a little bit, you yeah. know, it's not perfect, but, uh, you know, yeah. When, Honestly, that's where your money's at, right? right is in yes. that gear. And so whether it's photography or it's other not the gear. Host, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's not the product manager no, either. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're washable, right? Yeah. We, we'll, we'll get over it. But um, so that was really key having that all sealed off. So North Star is great for that reason. I also think, I think the North Star is going to allow more people to get into off roading, right? Um, people new to the space want to be comfortable or, uh, you know, I think I've heard from a lot of people that this is great having a North Star vehicle that has this adventure element and and some fun factor because now my wife and kids are more likely to join me on my on what I love to do as well, right? Because they like to be uh, comfortable as well, and if they can do it uh, longer or more often or or later into the season if it's cold or or hot in some climates, that um, North Star has has a ton of value, and it was really it was really cool to come up with, but also have to work through the challenges of design of doing the ADV North Star and sealing that area off because that's never been done in, in side uh before. No, I'm, I'm looking at the, the photo and I remember when it first came out, I was like, man, it's like a forerunner for the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. But, uh, you know, I'll take a forerunner neck to neck any day through the desert. So yeah, I believe yeah. it. I yeah. believe it. So that's yeah. your, you know, you, you're sort of your, your top level, you yeah. know, but there's, there's other ones yeah, Beyond so uh, we have an ultimate and a premium, and those are what I call an open cab experience. So those have the half doors like a general does, uh, no windshield. It still comes with a roof, but you've got that open air environment. And, um, you know, some people still prefer that. Uh, you know, I actually like the open uh, until it starts raining, <laughs> I'll say, right? That's why I want the North Star. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people still value you know, the feel of the fresh air and the temperature and the humidity and the smells you get when being outdoors, right? So there's still a, a lot of value in in the, the open cab experience. And so that's what the Ultimate is for. Uh, it's got great half doors that are built off a similar structure as, as the full doors, all the great same features, the storage area and everything. Um, but really just think of the trim levels between premium, Ultimate, and North Star, just creature comforts. Um, do you want GP, uh, uh, GPS and, and the touchscreen, uh, audio system, uh, and heat and cabin air conditioning? is really the differentiator between the models. Driveline, suspension, chassis, all that is the same on all of them. So that, that was actually part of the magic behind it is that we can offer the customer that much choice because 90 95% of the vehicle is the same on all of them. We just change the configurations and the creature comforts to hit 
different customer usages, preferences, and price points. Yeah, so, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, we've talked a lot about the the look of the vehicle, but there's so much that happens inside the vehicle mm-hmm. as well. And I, I think for a lot of your overlanding people who, who do this kind of stuff, what are all the cool gadgets and features that are going to come with this vehicle versus just a steering wheel and a pedal? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we better cut to a podcast too on this because right? it's a long it, list. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know... Um, I'll start with, uh, we tried to make the integration uh, really seamless. Uh, that that was key. And I think that's the differentiator in, in that we were able to develop a vehicle with camping and overlanding and all these activities in mind, right? And so I'll give you a few examples and then kind of go into some of the details and we can get as technical as you want, obviously. Um, but let's talk even the roof rack, for example. Because we started the design from the very beginning that we wanted a roof rack and have a capability of a tent and or other you know, gear on top, that, uh, that, that drove the development. We said, great, okay, we need a flat roof. We need the roll cage to have the structure to be able to hold that. Um, and we need mounting points. And so we used the bolts that hold the roof onto the vehicle, which bolt right into pre-threaded holes on, on the roll cage to mount the roof rack right to it. So you don't need to drill any holes. There's no guessing involved. There's no adapter plates. The roof rack from Rhino Rack literally bolts right onto the top of the roof. No guessing, no drilling. The tent, same thing. We worked with a tent manufacturer. We developed all the adapters and everything that you need. So it's literally four bolts. You drop it on top of the roof rack, you tighten down four nuts, and you're good to go. And that's not commercially available today. If you think of today, you got to go pick your vehicle. You likely go somewhere else to buy your roof rack and then research a tent. And because they are all, in that example, three different manufacturers, you're drilling your own holes, dude. You're coming up with your own adapters or at least trying to bolt it together, right? And so this this gives you an opportunity. You can go to a Polaris dealership and in a single purchase, you can get your vehicle, all your accessories, um, roof racks, whatever accessories you want on a single purchase. They can install it all. You can finance the whole deal and you're done. One-stop shop. And so I think that's, that's really cool. And that's just an example. That was just the roof rack. That same mantra goes for tire carriers, light bars, everything. We've pre-routed wires. We put holes and grommets in the in the front wall and the ROPS to run your wires. We've got battery charging parts. We put in a step into the floor uh, inside the vehicle. So you open the door and you step up and you can reach your roof rack. We have scene lights to light up the side of your camp, right? We've got, um, you know, removable grill so you can wash it out. We pre-routed a lot of things. There's, there's just, the list goes on and on and on. Um, but I think that is the cool thing is because we took that two years to research and concept, we're able to think about the integration, think about all the little features that matter with the spirit of storage and space is important. So we made the flat floor and we made the pass through seating so that you could have the space for all your gear. And that was, sounds simple, a flat floor, sounds simple, not an easy feat because Typically in the middle of the floor. Pun, pun intended. You, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like you, usually you're hiding stuff or putting, you know, whatever, routing and other things under there. And 
We had to push that to different areas of the vehicle, but the benefit that you get is fantastic because now the rear floor is completely flat. You can fit three people across. We actually put tie-down rails or lock and max rails are in the floor, and so you have tons of storage there so you can convert from seating to storage. And what I love about storing things down there is now it's low in the vehicle. So back to your camera example, that is the best place to put your photography equipment, right? Because now it's at the center of gravity of the vehicle, so it rides a lot smoother than if you have it in the back of the box, right? Um, but guess what? One issue we ran into is like, well, we got to have cup holders in the back seat. Like, I'm not willing to give up this storage space in this flat floor for cup holders. Cool. Let's make the cup holders removable. So we did, right? Yeah. So these are just small examples, but I think that shows our thought process in the vehicle in that we need the customer or we want to give the customer that option and flexibility to adjust it how they want, make sure that they get uh, all their gear in, in the vehicle provides for whatever they, they plan to do with it. I have so many questions, but first I want to start with the tent because if I'm on the website, which I'm looking at right now, is this tent actually sleeping on top of the vehicle that you guys are talking about. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's have awesome. Have you slept in that tent? I have. You have? It's better than the ground. Yeah. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I can assure you of that. Um, Bathroom know. break's not easy, but... Uh, yeah, it, no, and yeah, yeah. It may be not the, the best for your dog, but, right. um, you know, there's a lot of benefits sleeping off the ground. I'll tell you much, depending on what part of the country you're in, I really don't like sleeping on the ground. But... Yes. Um, yeah, it, again, it's great cause you can, you can rip out there in your side side, wherever you end up. And, uh, we should, we should talk about the ride because we did this once already. You, you take your journey off road, you go as, as far as you can for the day. When you find your campsite, you literally pull the cover off and in five or 10 minutes, boom, camp is set. The tent folds out. It's got a nice, it's probably a three or four inch pad in there sleeps too comfortably. Uh, it even has a, it has a light strip inside that you can plug into the vehicle. So it's lit up. It's got rain fly and windows. Um, and again, even the tent has nice little features. It's got bungee cords, uh, uh, tied into it so that when you flip the tent back over, it sucks it all in, you know, when you flip it over and then you strap it down, put the cover on, you're ready to go the next morning hit the next spot. So, oh, man. yeah, it, it's great. And again, the, the key was that we got to design it with a vehicle and work with manufacturers, so it's ready to go. There's, there's no guesswork, but it's the tent is really cool, man. I'll be honest. It's, it's really cool. cool. For, I, I'm sure one of the questions you guys might get often is range. How, yeah. how far can I go before I'm going to run out of gas? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that... You're exactly right because as you've probably experienced many times on, on your journeys is people plan their day around their range, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of customers tell me, you know, I, I, I want to go further, I want to go more, or I've done all these trails. There's trails beyond my range. I can never get there because I'm always trying to come back to the, you know, the trailhead the or whatever. Trailhead, yeah. campsite, yeah. next gas station, whatever. So it was very important for us to add range. So we added about 35% uh, of fuel capacity. So we went from mm, typically nine and a half gallons to 12 and a half gallons. So it's a big fuel tank. Is that the largest? Of That's any? the largest we've ever done. Okay. Yeah. 12 and a half gallons. So largest fuel tank we've ever done. Um, so 
obviously range varies on your driving conditions, your throttle input, everything else. So the weight, I would imagine too, how much gear you're taking. Everything. Yeah. So in layman's terms, I would say you're going to get 30% more range than whatever you're currently doing with whatever vehicle you currently have. So in our testing, uh, we have exceeded over 200 miles, well over 200 miles. Uh, But that is very dependent on your use, right? So if you're casual riding in comfort mode, um, yeah, 200 miles, uh, you know, obviously that that's going to vary on your use, yeah. but again, it's going to go further than anything yeah, else. Your yeah. heavy load and you're blasting the AC all day long. You yeah. Might not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you pay for, pay for comfort, right? Yes, so yes. you're going to pay and, and fuel a little bit, but, um, you know, we did this media ride. We went, um, we had a uh, hundred and 110 miles, uh, five seat ADVs, air conditioning blasting. Cause it was 90 degrees, uh, with tents on the top. And, uh, where we, was this, uh, at this, uh, yeah, this was, uh, during the launch or right after launch. Where was it at? Where, where, oh, where sorry. At? We left from Mesquite, Nevada mm-hmm. and went down to bar 10 at, uh, um, uh, Whitmore lookout of the Grand Canyon. I'm familiar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Yes. I, I, I want to know why, why my inbox didn't get an invite to that uh, <laughs> event. I mean, we have a television show that we do and cameras I know. and well, things hey, like that. Hey, do you want to do it again? Yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's we, go. So we've done that ride. We did it probably 10 years ago. We cheated a little bit because we actually parked at the little church or chapel oh, or yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah about school halfway house, out. Yeah, yeah schoolhouse. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And uh, then rode to bar 10 from oh, yeah. there because we just didn't need that extra 60 miles of just yeah. desert riding for no reason yeah. sort of thing. And that, that route has quite a bit of road to it too. So what yeah. we did, we went down to Mesquite, which is, you're right, it's a lot harder logistically. Um, and for but, people who don't know where that is, like Mesquite is 80 miles uh, east of, of Vegas, northeast of yeah. Vegas or whatever. Because I think yeah, you drive it in an hour. Right on the border of... Nevada and Utah. Yes. Yeah. And you, but you're only in Nevada for a short while and then you're in Arizona. Actually, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, it's, but that route is really cool because there was a lot more trail that route and the, the scenic views were amazing. Yeah. You see so many different, you know, terrains and forest types going down there. And, you know, the cool thing was we took, get this, we took 37 vehicles on wow. a route, uh, split up in groups, right? Yeah. So they're smaller groups, but, in a day, 37 vehicles, 110 miles, no mechanical issues, no failures, no tires on Polaris Expeditions, and um, made it there comfortably with fuel. Um, you know, did we go through quite a bit of fuel? Yeah, there's. we were on media ride, man. We were doing a lot of idling. <laughs> and uh, yep. and uh, we had air conditioning going. God, yeah. Riding with media is such a pain. <laughs> <laughs> Those media guys, right? Uh, no, it was Can a you gr- stop? I want to get some more video. I want to get some pictures. Yeah. Can you stop? I'm like, we have somewhere to go. <laughs> do that one more time? <laughs> yes, yeah, you go back and forth. Time. Oh, it's so funny. The, the, the crew vehicle when we're filming at the end of the day might have like a quarter tank burned or a half tank yeah. burned. And everybody else is like leaping, yeah. you know, their, their fuel gauge is just like boop, 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 yeah. boop. And yeah. they're like, how did you guys? I'm like, well, you guys are the ones going back and forth all day long. We just pull off to the side and film you. Exactly. So you're burning exactly. miles and gas way yeah. more than us. Yeah. 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 So we went some through some fuel that day. But, I mean, again, we had some other generals and razors on the ride and, and Expedition had more fuel at the end of the day than those do, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we were, we were talking before we started the podcast and a couple of things struck me that you guys are kind of really focused on and 
talking about the fuel made me think about it is, did you say it was a, a million feet or a, 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 what was the dirt terminology that you were using to say oh, how yeah. far you can kind of yeah. go with yeah. this? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really cool that with this product, you know, it's not about just the specs, right? It's about the story, right? And what you can do with it. And so, um, you know, one of the specs that, uh, that we just talked about was that, you know, it has given the right conditions, 200 miles of range. And so our marketing team did a great job of translating that into that's about a million feet of dirt ahead of you. And if you put that in perspective and, and, you know, the story I like to tell is that internally we came up with this mantra and we came up with this at the very beginning of the program. Uh, so five years ago or so that we wanted to deliver the 72 hour adventure. And what I really like about that is that that puts a great scale on what we're trying to do, right? Um, and, and as I explain it is, you know, it's unlikely that Polaris is going to go build an earth roamer or a vehicle that's going to go from here to the tip of South America. Not likely. Also, most of us have jobs and can't take a month off at a time to go do something or like that. Or maybe afford a million-dollar earth roamer. <laughs> yeah, <right>? exactly, right? <laughs> um, but you know what we do have? We usually have three-day weekends, and and we have some time to take our family out. And so I loved the 72-hour adventure because it was, can we build a side-by-side that you can go off the grid or go on a hunting trip or a biking trip, kayaking trip for three days, for 72 hours? And I think that's exactly what we did. And I think that fits our market really well. You know, could you do longer? Yeah, absolutely. You could camp a week or whatever. But from uh, giving the team a North Star, say, hey, this is what we're going after. We really we really rallied around the 72-hour adventure. And I just love that. And so what was really cool is our marketing team was able to roll that into the marketing material. So they said, you know, a million feet of dirt ahead of you and this many missed you know, text messages and emails. I can wait till Monday. They even went as far to say, you know, branches don't care what color your paint job is. I mean, I do, but the branches don't. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you play that out and, and you think about all the memories that you will make in that 72 hours, uh, is pretty cool. And that's where I think that this launch and what we're trying to do is much more than a vehicle. It really is to try to allow people to have an experience they wouldn't otherwise have. And the cyberside is just the mechanism to have that time and get them to places they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't see otherwise. You know, to your point, we've only done a handful of overlanding trips here and it's more challenging for us because we've got cameras with batteries and things like that. And how long can we be gone? Not on the gasoline sort of thing, but before our cameras run out of charge, you know, sort of thing. So, but uh, in those, there's always been, you know, I don't, you know, 14 years of doing the show, I probably don't remember every ride we've done, but I certainly remember over, every overlanding adventure because there's way more planning that goes involved. You know, they often reference like planning your own vacation, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the planning part takes months. The vacation only lasts a week or two, right? Yeah. But you remember it because of all those months and all those details that went into it before you ever even took your vacation sort of thing. And it's sort of the same thing with overlanding trip. You know, when I go camping with my boys, my list to bring is, is quite extensive. <laughs> you know, okay, we do have this, we have that. Right. You're planning for everything, right? Yeah. Any sort of potential that you're, you've got covered. And so it's the same thing with those. And so you, you, you tend to, I think, 
uh, hang on to those memories a little stronger mm-hmm. and, and they sink in a little more because the time spent versus like, okay, we're meeting so-and-so at the trailhead. We're going to ride. We're going to ride up to the top of the mountain, which is awesome. And we may see this, which is awesome. And then we're going to ride back and right. that's the day. Well, what do we need to bring? We're just going to stop at the gas station in the morning to make sure we got enough food and water for the day. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, Cheese sunblock. whiz and chicken and biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunblock bug spray yeah. and, and waters and trail mix and, you know, all right, we're good. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. Yeah. And so, and those are all great as well. You know, this, they'll have their own things, but when you have to like sort of plan it out mm-hmm. and, okay, where are we going to go and what are we going to eat mm-hmm. when we're camping at night and mm-hmm. those sort of things. I think they really allows you to sort of savor maybe the trip even more so than just a regular ride. Yeah, absolutely. It is It is that experience, what you get to see, what you get to do, which is why we built that vehicle. We had to be very wise about the space and the and all that comfort and everything and, and make it comfortable so you want to go do that, right? And, you know, it's um, that's why we're really encouraging, like, this is not about just the trail ride, but what do you get to do and see when you get there? And this vehicle helps you get there, right? And... Because it's an off-road vehicle, a dedicated off-road vehicle built by Polaris, which knows how to do suspension and handling and all that. The other cool thing is you can typically get there probably faster or earlier than you would in many other vehicles, right? And that is not just about the thrill, but then that's more time fishing with your boys, setting up camp, uh, whatever your activity is. You know, I think it's a... uh, this is a very efficient way to get a lot of experiences out of your 72 hours. Absolutely. You know, if you, if you break it down into you're in it for the memories, cool. You're going to see a bunch of cool things. And actually, because it's so capable, it's easy to do and you can go further out and you can get there quicker and then you can spend more time not in the seat but doing other things. That's that's really cool. That That's what this is meant to do is not just provide you seat time, also to provide you time with your family and friends outside of the vehicle. They've all, obviously you've spent a lot of time, uh, from the ground from the very beginning on this machine. (laughs) Do you have a a favorite feature that you're just like, you know, I I fought for this one and it made it to the finish line. And I love that this is, you know, part of the build. (laughs) Uh, because I imagine there's a lot yeah, of give and take, yeah, you know, you want to do is. something and it's just not going to happen. You're like, but I really, you mentioned the, re, you know, removable cup holders, right. As yeah. a, as a way to kind of meet in the middle and say, yeah. okay, we have to keep this, but we can't do this. Yeah. How about we do this? <gasps> All right. No, yeah. you're, you're spot on. I mean, there are, there's a lot of little cool features, right. Um, and like I said, I'm very proud of the engineering team, you know, cause me and the team came up with a bunch of ideas, but it was on them to execute it. And they did a fantastic job, but I think the the biggest challenge or the one I would say that they came back to me the most and was like, do you really, really need this, was that rear flat floor. Um, and again, that, that sounds simple. It's almost standard in automotive now and stuff, but it, it hasn't been in side-by-side. So the combination of the flat floor in the rear of, of the four doors and the flipping seat and the ADV, that whole pass-through, and those all work in concert, right? It would have been interesting if you got one or two of those, but that you have all three of them, an ADV model, which had never been done, a flipping seat, which gives you max adaptability and never been done, and that flat floor. Those, to me, were, I think I'm most proud of just because 
it took a lot of creative thought, took uh, uh, just architecturally it differently. And while to someone maybe outside of CyberSide, it doesn't look that new and different, um, the value that the customer gets for it is pretty awesome. And how many times I had to go fight to do it mm. and not give up on it um, because it was a challenge. I, I think those stand out because, because they're cool features. Awesome. Awesome. You mentioned you guys did a great ride from Mesquite out to bar 10. Is there a place personally that you would like to load up the uh, vehicle and go to? Uh, yeah, that one's easy. Okay. Uh, I was born and raised in Oregon and in Oregon is obviously very outdoorsy, right? And I grew up actually mountain biking. Before I was in power sports, I was in mountain biking, raced downhill mountain bikes for a number of years. Um, after college, moved uh, to Minnesota, worked for players, and got into power sports at that point. So I've always seen this as, to some degree, a uh, uh, bringing together those worlds and even bringing in some of my own personal experiences of a passion for biking and now a passion and a career in power sports. So uh, there would be nothing cooler for me now to take my boy or take some of my family in Oregon and and go camping and go biking. And to me, that would be 100% full circle, um, which is cool. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's an analogy to what I was just explaining of people and their experiences. It's more than a vehicle, it's an experience. And to me... That would be the ultimate is to be back in Oregon with my family doing doing what I love. Awesome. Well, there's nothing to do in Bend, Oregon at all. So <laughs> I got a sister that yeah. lives there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a great takeoff spot uh, yes. to, to start it with. It was yeah. one of the places we filmed where uh, the variety was as unique as any other place mm-hmm. that Bend. You have place where you're riding volcanic rock yeah you have places where you can do and you have your mountain places and then you've got places that are sort of combined all the three and and that's just around bend yeah. right and like yeah. desert stuff and i'm like wow you have like within an hour you have all these different topographies yeah. right here and then of course you can go to the oregon dunes if you want to do that on the beach and then all the other riding in oregon it is it's uh it's can be a challenge to get there because it's just yeah. not close to anything yeah but if you can overcome that challenge, the payoff is... is yeah, we kind of want to keep it that way. Yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not it's, a secret. It's, it's not like I'm telling stuff yeah, people don't know. It's, but uh, It's um, beautiful, right? Yes, yeah. yes. But yeah. I think that is uh, um, part of the reason why it isn't that busy or, or it stands yeah. alone is because yeah. just it's not that easy to access. Yeah, you know? and it rains a lot. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it rains yeah. six months out of the year, but we tell everyone it rains nine months nine, out right, of the year. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, just to give away, but... Uh, it is absolutely beautiful, and and while, um, you know, I still want to go experience that myself. It was really cool if you saw the launch video, and if you didn't, um, go back and check it out because uh, we do have Brandon Semenik. You know, arguably, probably not even arguably, the best mountain biker in the world. Right? He took a Polaris expedition out biking, and he was in Washington, right on the border of Oregon and Washington. We also gave it to Rush Sturges. Uh, and he's a kayaker, and he goes down waterfalls. And some of the best runs in the country, uh, apparently, um, are in that same area. So they were they were in Washington as well. And so it was really cool to see what those guys were doing with it and to see how jazzed they were about it. Um, so go check out those videos. It's, it's wild. I mean, uh, you got to respect them for being athletes, not to mention that Semenik is also a rally car driver, right? So – 
he's like that perfect element of he needs some thrill. He loves the side by side for that thrill, but also to carry his mountain bikes around. And uh, we're gonna do a build with him for uh, for digging. You know, they go out and build jumps and stuff. And so, you know, as being a biker myself, it was cool to see that he was using that like in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then go watch Russ Sturges because. I am not a kayaker. I don't think I can see myself doing that. But what is he doing is wild. So, so cool. And and he loved the vehicle. He's like, yeah, we're usually having to hike this or put them in our trucks or whatever. And, you know, uh, there's just a lot of advantages that came with the off-road vehicle. Awesome. To do that. Awesome. Well, Dave, I appreciate you coming out and uh, joining the podcast today and tell us all about it. And if, like you mentioned, if you want to check out uh, more things about the vehicle, there's lots of videos out there now, including the launch video. And of course, uh, um, I think the machines are now showing up at local dealerships so you can you know go see them there for yourself Uh, see them in the wild soon yeah right and see them in the wild soon so i appreciate the time and all the information and we didn't get into the specs because it's just about memories we're making (laughs) (laughs) that's right i mean there's plenty of specs but you can find that on the website yeah Well, today's podcast was brought to you by Rockford Fosgate. If you want to upgrade your audio system or you've been thinking about getting a new audio system, Rockford has you covered from stage one all the way up to stage six kits. Rockford takes your audio to the next level and by Polaris Adventures. From Maui to Maine, Polaris Adventures has rental outfitters all across the country. Summertime is here. So if you're thinking about planning a summer adventure with your family, check out it players adventures to start your next adventure well that does it for another edition of the destination players podcast be sure to like and subscribe us where you listen to your podcast and we will talk to you again soon take care